Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. And Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guest today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Dr. Rob Kelly. Dr. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, my good friend. Doing amazing. Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course. So Dr. Rob Kelly is a renowned addiction expert, born and raised in Manchester, UK. He is eccentric, no holds bar, successful, and places his patient's first kind of man. Rob is medals trained in trauma and holds a double PhD. It is necessary for the family to work along with the patient, he says. We uncover the family chaos and dynamics to better resolve addiction. Okay, Rob. Thank you for coming on board. Listen, I, I checked out one of your interviews, man. You, you was also on, I guess, the, the doctor show. And ah, you, yes. you crushed it. Yeah, you I did. absolutely crushed it. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> I know. It's funny because that backstage, the, the producer's like, look, many people get stage fright because there's an audience there. Uh-huh. Try and ask as much as you can. And when I come off, they went, oh my goodness, that was awesome. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you can't shut me up. Awesome. So, so Dr. Rob, um, let's dive into your story, right? Because I, I know you have a very fascinating story, but let's dive into the too many version, right? Who is Dr. Rob Kelly? Um, I want to know who were you when you were a child, right? So walk us through that journey. Who were you when you were, when you were a kid? Well, I was, uh, I grew up in Manchester, United Kingdom, just in case you're thinking I'm from Texas. No, <laughs> I grew up in a working class family, lower working class family. Uh, my dad used to dig, roads and, and lay gas pipes and my mom was a cleaner for other people's in their houses so i grew up um loved by all means but not much money and i grew up with an ambition to become a musician mm. that's all i wanted to be and the reason why i did that is because my uncle who was getting divorced stayed at the house and he was a musician and my auntie was a musician so by the age of nine i'm on stage with them playing the bass guitar so oh, it looked wow. like my my mission was on so Okay. Just, uh, you know, I just wanted to achieve. I wanted to achieve and make people happy. That's kind of how I grew up. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. So did you grow up with any siblings or were you the only child? I grew up with a brother and sister and the eldest. Um, so my sister uh, is a, a year or two younger and then my brother's like three or four years younger than me. So we had a quite a full house in a four-bedroom house uh, on, on, on what we call, because I live in San Antonio, Texas, so we would call the projects. It's kind of the same thing. It was government funding housing. Uh, we was only allowed two pairs of shoes a year. That kind of uh, that kind of family. But yeah, you know, I walked around with a guitar around my neck since the age of about four, I believe. Mm, that's amazing. So, are you still performing? That's the question. I, I am actually in my office stroke music room. So I have about 12 guitars, full set of drums, PA systems, organ, violin. But I don't play 
professionally now, uh, though I will trip real quick. I used to be the bass player at Abbey Road in London, mm. and I played with Bowie, Queen, Elton John, all, all them great guys back in my day. So I was just doing the the, uh, the session work. I wasn't part of you know their group, but I used to stand in when their bass player couldn't make it. So I've done I've done loads of tracks. So I've kind of been famous with that, but kind of not. Because back in the day, there was when you were, whether you were a session musician, they would ask you, "Do you want a mention on the album, or the song that might not get to the album, or do you want treble the money right now?" And everyone says, "Give me the money." That's always <laughs> in the court. So probably didn't get recognised for some of the tunes out there, but yeah, don't, not really doing much now. But uh, just in case, I'm surrounded by music. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones. All things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T. Com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. So let's dive into this. Uh, what got you into the addiction space, man? Because you are a renowned addiction expert. <coughs> talk, to, talk to us. Well, I grew up in, a, in an alcoholic family. I mean, it didn't affect my brother and sister, but it affected me. Alcoholism is a generational uh, disease that's passed on hereditary from generation to generation. So I was the one that got it. So when I first took my first drink at nine, it was a ticking time bomb that didn't really come to fruition until around 22, 23 years old uh, when it really had a grip of me. So I'm, a, I'm what's known as a, was a chronic alcoholic. Uh, I truly can fully recover from that. You need the spiritual way of life you know god needs to be in this picture otherwise i couldn't do it Amen. so yeah I, I i i had a great job i had my own business i had you know two children cars brand new mercedes every year and from there because of the alcohol i became homeless mm. so i lost everything on the way parents won't speak to me wife left with my two children the house went the cars went holiday home license to practice brother and sister disowned me and before I knew what day it was, I was on the streets of Manchester, where mostly it's rain and cold. And I spent 14 months on the streets. Wow. And then the first day I got there, I was thinking, where did this go wrong? And I was like hit with reality that, oh, my goodness, the things you've done. You see, the problem with alcoholism is everybody sees it happening apart from me. Everybody knew I was going downhill, but me, I had to drink half a bottle of vodka at 5 a.m. just to feel right, just to drive to work. Wow. Shaking so much. So, yeah, it took over and uh, seven suicide attempts later on the streets. And on two occasions, I died and they actually brought me back to life. Mm. Uh, I was broken and, and I was done, man. I was done. Wow. You're, you're down and out, man. 
So after seven suicide attempts, what made you change your direction, man? Like, talk to us about that. So I'm on the streets, uh, you know, 14 months on. I've done everything. I've tried. I've cut my wrist. I've jumped off buildings. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was walking down the factory part of Manchester where there's nobody there. It's two or three o'clock in Monday morning. So Sunday night, Monday morning. And it was pouring down. And I was still in a hangover state because I'd run out of alcohol and I dropped down to my hands and knees. Mm. My choir master stroke headmaster in the church molested me when I was young. So God wasn't a deal here and no spiritual was it was no way. But I started to cry from my stomach and I was on my hands and knees and the rain was hitting the back of my head. It was coming round, it was mixing with my tears. And I remember hitting the cobblestones like a purple color. I was done. I wasn't crying because I'd lost my wife, my family, my children, and everything else that went for it. I was crying because I realized for the first time in my life that I can't stop drinking. Mm. I remember looking up to the sky, and this is what I said. I said, if there's a God up there, I can't do this on my own anymore. And 30 seconds later, in the middle of nowhere, this guy walked around the corner. He'd miss his last person from Bible study. He'd walk in for about one or two hours. It's like a shortcut he'd never took before, and he came upon me. Mm. So right there was my start of my journey to where I am today. Wow. And it gets crazier than that if you really want to go, go into listen, it. it let's, let's, listen, let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. So he said to me, to get back. You've got to come to AA with me. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't like them meetings. He said, well, here's the deal. If you don't come, you can't stay. I really need you sober. So I went to this meeting that night and I'm sat there all miserable. And this guy said, um, you know, going around in a circle, he said, my name's John, I'm a recovered alcoholic. And I was like, did, I said to him, did he just say recovered? And, and Derek was the guy that found me on the street. He said, yeah. So he talked about God, he talked about this book and it was just amazing. So I asked him to sponsor me and he said, no, but I will be a spiritual advisor for a period of 12 weeks without, I, didn't think anything of. Every wow. Wednesday night, I went around there. Mm-hmm. I left my, I left Derek's house at six, got there for seven, stayed till eight, walked home nine. That was my Wednesday night, every night for 12 weeks. When I walked out of that man's house on the 12th, the last Wednesday, I knew if I continued to do this, my life would change because he told me. I went back home. I'm living in Derek's basement, so nobody knows I'm there. So how can my life change? And the next day, Derek came home early and he said, hey, listen, Rob, the guy that sweeps the, the factory floors has just resigned. Do you want a part-time job? So I said, oh, brilliant. So I went there, turned into a full-time job. And after the first couple of weeks, I got my first pay packet. So I went to the gas station and I bought John a little teddy bear and a card. And I wrote in it, thank you, John, for introducing me to God who took the compulsion to drink away. And I went mm. back to his house. And I got there and I knocked on the door and nobody answered. In actual fact, the house looked a little run down, not like I remember it. Mm-hmm. So the right-hand lady come out and said, excuse me, love, can I help you? And I said, yeah, where's, where's John relocated to? And she said, John? I said, yeah, John. You know, She says, I don't know what you're talking about. I've only been here for three months and there's no one living there for three months that I've been here. <laughs> well, I closed the door and I went around to the left-hand side and I'm knocking on the door, a bit hesitant now. This yeah. guy comes to the door. He said, what do you want? I said, where'd John move to? And he said, what, John? I said, the guy next door to you. And he said, listen, I've not got time for you, but listen, that's derelict. You can't go in. There's no floor. You fall down. There's no floor in it. You can't go in it. 
Wow. So I'm like, okay. So I went back to the meeting <laughs> where I'd met this John and I said to the guy, remember me three or four months ago? Oh, Rob, we remember you, yeah. I said, remember John? I was over near the cough machine asking him to sponsor me and he said, John. I said, yeah, cough machine. And this is what he said. He said, Rob, we were kind of smiling to ourselves because we thought you were praying because you were speaking to yourself. Wow. Never found him. In fact, when I started to get wealthy, we hired one of the best private uh, investigators in Manchester to, to go find him and nobody could find him. Wow. Wow. What a story. I just got goosebumps. Mm. I just got goosebumps. Rob, the fact that you got that encounter, you know, it shows that there's nothing too small for God. That's, that's the first thing, right? And number two, God works in mysterious ways, man. <laughs> yes, you man. know, he works in mysterious ways. So I have my value hierarchy, right? So that's God, first peace of mind, and then family in that order. Yes. Right? Yes. God's my foundation. <laughs> um, and you, you talk about addiction. <clears throat> now I got to be transparent because I had addiction to porn. You know, I've never shared this on this platform before. And guess what I did? Because I, I tried my hardest to, to quit. And I couldn't. I, mean, I was relying on my willpower. And one day I got on my, on my knees and I prayed out. And tears started flowing. And I, and I begged and I, asked, and I asked for help. And guess what happened? Boom. I got that help. I got this, this divine feeling. I felt, and I felt like this weight lifted off. And that, that urge... Yeah. Was no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. So as you speak to me, I get goosebumps because I'm like, wow. Yeah. And now you are a doctor. Yes. Right? From being homeless, suffering from addiction. Now you're a doctor that, that actually that's actually helping others. How, how do you feel about that, man? You know, I, sometimes I get busy and complacent, and we've worked around eight thousand people over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um uh, we have a very high success rate, ninety-seven percent. The industry mm. carries a ten percent success rate. So, <clears throat> when I slow everything down, which I try and do a couple of times a day, when I pause, um, I kind of real feel proud of myself, man. And I feel proud of my team. And uh, you know, we do this with a vengeance, man. Mm. We don't just we don't. None of our guys come in from nine to five. It's our family helping your family with God riding this boat, man. He's steering it all the way. So that's why we have a high success rate, you know. I'm proud of myself today. I love myself today. I'm really proud of what we built in the last nine years uh, to being one of the best in the business. Um, and it's just absolutely amazing. But when I go back to the streets, I promised myself and God when I had that spiritual awakening that yeah. I would spend the rest of my life doing this. Mm. And, he, and there's so many things that happen on the way that cannot be coincidences. Like I see miracles every day. I see his fingerprints sometimes. It, when you get into that sunlight of the spirit, when I'm stood in the sunlight of the spirit, man, oh, it's the most powerful place. But when you talk about addictions being taken of us, you know, God will only take away what I find objectionable. So if I'm okay seeing my sister and, and, and sleeping with her and my wife doesn't know about it, if I'm okay with that, it's not going to take that away. I first find that objectionable. I'm done. Please, God, help me take this away from me. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen 
Oh, I, I get it. Miracles, man, for one person. I really you get it, man. <laughs> yeah, listen, Rob, you you're, you're the real deal, man. Um, I'm also very um, I'm I'm empath I'm I'm an empath, so I feel right um at a higher level, and as I speak to you, I'm getting goosebumps, and that's not that's not a coincidence. I'm getting goosebumps, and this that's what that's this is like how I, I normally vet people, <laughs> you know, when, yeah. when I meet new people. Yeah. Um, Rob, you're the real deal, and man. God is shining bright in your life, man, and I, I appreciate you. And I this podcast interview um wasn't a coincidence, you know. We were meant to connect for a reason. So, so Rob, those folks who are down and out right now, right, who feel that there's no hope, right? They have no no belief. Um, you know, they are really, really downtrodden. Like, what words of encouragement can you give to that person? Um, that person that was once you. Yeah, you know, man, if you start at home listening to this or watching this, guys. Um, I, I want to, if you're down and out, if you think you'll never amount to anything, if, if, if somebody told you you'll never be anybody, first of all, I want to apologize to you because somebody's put that there. We're born with million dollar minds, man. Stop hanging around 10 cent minds. Mm. Get that million dollar mind that God gives you and run with it. And here's the deal. Here's what proves me different to anybody else. Okay. We're a multi-million dollar company. And what I'm telling you now is if you're at home watching or listening to this and you're in that place, 214-600-0210 is my personal cell phone number. I want you to text me first and I'll find some time. I'm going to call you back and I'm going to give you a pet talk for 10 or 15 minutes, obviously free of charge, that will change your life. And do you know if it doesn't? I'm going to send you $100 for wasting your time. Mm. I would rather spend 15 minutes on the phone with you than hear of your funeral next week. You are not alone. We can walk through this deal together. Always remember that I'm not one of the guys that sit in that big house and, you know, preach down to it. No, my feet will always be in the trenches. Always. I want to be that Derek to you guys if you're in that place because I'm telling you, you, if you're listening or watching to this, you are not doing so by mistake. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And Rob, you know, like part, part of the reason why I started to work with um, executives is because I had a situation, man, where I was working with a client and she was the VP of a multi-billion dollar company out here in New York City. And normally I would focus on her aesthetics because at the time I was her personal trainer and but I went to school for nutrition and personal training. But one day, I decided to go through her meal intake. And as I'm going through her meal intake, Rob, I noticed this pattern. And the pattern was she was having the majority of her meetings at bars and restaurants. But what caught me off guard was she was having about one to three drinks with each, each meal. And then additional glass of wine during dinner time. So, Rob, upon seeing that, I was like, whoa, I need to have a conversation with her. And she and I had a good report, right? We had yeah. a good report. She was outspoken, and I love that about her. Um, so during our next session, I settled down, and I was like, look, um, is everything cool? Um, what's going on? I'm noticing you're drinking a bit too much. What's up? Talk to me. Like, very lighthearted. I, mean, I was being very lighthearted. And out of nowhere, Rob, I saw her bottom lip quivering, and she just bursted out crying. Like My words was, the straw that broke the camel's back in a sense. And I wasn't expecting this reaction. So as she started to pour out her heart in her eyes, she told me that 
she was extremely stressed out. Nobody could understand how it was to be in her position. And she didn't realize she was slowly becoming an alcoholic. Yeah. And I did not have the answers, Rob. Yeah. So what will you say to that executive, right? That uh, CEO that's working their butts off and behind closed doors, they're self-medicating. What will we say to that person? It's communication. It's communication and you're not on your own. Everybody has this problem. Everyone's addicted to something. It's just that alcohol, we don't see it. So that gentle conversation is, hey, I've been in your place. I know exactly where you are. I've had my own addictions. Let's talk this through. Let's find out because we're the last to know when it comes to yeah. alcohol. You see, alcohol differs from any other addiction in the world. Drug addiction, heroin, cake, food, sex. It differs because it's a generational thing. Two, three parts of the brain are different. The basal ganglia, the hypothalamus, and the amygdala differ from the normal person. So it is a disease. It's a biochemical reaction to the ethanol in alcohol. So the understanding that other people are going through this will comfort her knowing quite well that she's not on her own. Because, mm -hmm. the, listen, you, I, this used to be a joke, man, but I can relate to it. I'm in a bar. The guy says, do you want a drink of alcohol? And I go, no, uh, I'm a mass, a mass murderer. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm an alcoholic. And he goes, what? I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a mass murderer. Oh, thank God for that. I thought he said alcoholic for a second. <laughs> because it's not. It's, it's still in that hideaway place. Yeah. I'm telling you, for every person listening now, uh, I've worked with the biggest, the best, the richest, the most famous people in the world. And let me tell you, they all started with that one phone call, that one friend, that one mm -hmm. first dialogue that sets you free. Man, sober is, sober is the new thing to do. You know, it's like you're only, okay? If you have an addiction, everybody does, you're only performing on 45 to 60% of your capacity and capability, okay? This is about getting you up to 100%. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show mm -hmm. me your actions and what you're doing during the day, I'll show you your future. It's time, 65%, come on. Anybody can do that. If, if you're thinking of starting a business, stop it. Anybody could do, get yourself a website and a business card. You started a business. Why are you not building empires? Why are you not bringing this out into fruition where other people understand you and talk this through? Because really, if you're in my position that I was in, this is not really about me. It's about the millions of people's lives we can save while being a successful businesswoman or a successful businessman. When you do that, you will be absolutely amazed at what's in store of you because the 65 to 100 percent is the business to the empire so if you mm. think you're doing good now and you had a little bit of a problem dialogue call me and honestly talk, i'll talk you through it some of the best minds in the world are alcoholics because mm. i work with them it's unbelievable it's geniuses we're geniuses you know so dialogue's number one, I think. Don't feel as if you're on your own and don't think you're, you're failing or nothing like that. What you'll find is when you go through this here, no matter what it is and you look successful, when you work through your childhood trauma and you free the alcoholism up, that past, that horrible past, becomes your greatest asset going forward. Your story. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, Rob, you are a very driven individual. What is your source, man? What, what, is that, what does that drive come from? I know my purpose today. When you can find your niche in life, when you believe that you have a job to do, okay, and God's give you, put me in charge of the recovery section of this big workplace, and you know 
your self-worth and you know that you can help people. I get up in the morning, man, and I'm like ready to go. Me and my wife dancing in the bathroom. It's like, you know, I can't have a bad day. I mean, how can I have a bad day coming from where I come from? Yeah. Now, I have better days than others. But you get up every morning, man. The mind sits inside the brain, okay? Two entities. Get up in the morning and feed that mind. It's mm. going to be a great day today. I don't care if I'm sweeping the, the streets in, in Harlem. This day is going to be a great day. I'm going to compliment three people, and I'm going to change somebody's life today. Because if you're not changing lives, what are we doing? And if you think, well, I can't change somebody's life, look, it's as simple as this. If you're in a built-up area with people while you're going to work, sneakers are always best. See somebody with sneakers, go, hey, man, nice sneakers. You know, go, oh, thank you, man, and walk past. Turn around and watch him. He'll look mm. down at his sneakers at least two or three times. Now you've just changed that guy. So he goes home to his wife, and because he's in a great mood, now she's in a great mood. That's now the good. mother calls and blah, 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 and you just change the world. That ripple effect. That ripple effect, indeed. And, and, and Rob, Dr. Rob, I know you have a, a pretty impressive sneaker collection. Oh my God, how did you know that? I am. I do my research. I do my research. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got about 60 to 80 pair of, of, of sneakers that I, that I collect. And, and, and there's trauma from that, by the way, because when I was young, I didn't know where this come from. Yeah. And the therapist took me back and said, hey, what's your memory going to school? And so I used to walk to school in the snow with holes in my socks and holes in my shoes because mom and dad could only afford two pair of shoes a year. And she said, oh my God. Uh, what did your mom and dad do for fun? I said, oh, every Friday and Saturday night and Sunday afternoon, they go to the, go to the bar and they drink and get drunk and stuff. And this is what she said to me. Did your mom and dad go to the bar with holes in their socks and shoes? That's why I have 60 to 80 pair of sneakers today. It's childhood trauma from that. If I get a little niche in a sock, it's got to be thrown away. So when you think you're doing something amazing here, you are. If you have a collection, if you have a hobby, but you will always go down to the childhood trauma and to correlate the both is almost impossible unless you can do what I do and, and other people out there. But yeah, man, they're all they're all lined up already to go on a phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome, right there. Definitely, thank you for sharing that story. So, um, like right now, like what do you believe you need to improve on right now? To because I know right now you're in a great space, right? But um, with everything we do, there's always need for improvement. So, wh what do you believe you need to improve on right now? That'll help you get to the next level in your life. Because even though I know you're at a high level right now, but what can you improve on at this moment? Well, I always have to remember that I'm perfectly imperfect. So there's always something to drive me. And, and what I'd like to work on is my patience. Because mm, I, okay. I can snap if I don't like something. Okay. And, you know, and it's just, it, it's not right. I always go back and make amends immediately, but I just like them a few seconds. People say to me, what's the difference between your answer and God's answer? And I always say, about five seconds. Because <laughs> I'll get up, but if you just slow down. So I'm working on that at the moment. Funny you should ask that, but perfectly imperfect. I like that. I like that. So are you currently working on any new projects that you, you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Any new books? Any new um, uh, courses? Yeah. Talk to us. You've done your homework again. The, uh, the uh, Neuro Hero Conference in Boca Raton in Florida is the 20, I think it's the 23rd, 24th, 22nd, somewhere around that area. Uh, it's all over social media right now. There's me and a guy called Adam Jablin, which is like you, is a high profile uh, coach with executives. 
We're putting on this conference, going to be two days, going to be absolutely mind-blowing. So we've got that going on. Uh, when he took my children off me, my my youngest was one, not seen her since that. And I'm one now. My eldest one got in contact with me four years ago. We sent her back to school, and she's my lead therapist in my Manchester, UK office. But the book, The Army Here, was the last thing she said to me. She said, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. Mm. Only reason, because I don't really need the money, to be honest, every single dime of that book goes back out to the community. It's not after expenses and no. Every dime goes back out in the community. And to add to that, giving back, because that's what I need to do, me and my wife usually give back between one hundred dollars and $150,000 a year to one-parent families, dads that can't see their kids. They might need a suit for court. They might need a small apartment paying six months in advance. We go out and we help people like that. So uh, it's an amazing life, man. I mean, we just giving back. An old man once told me, he said, you'll never get broke by giving away to a good cause. Mm, that's how we live our life today all we want to do as a company is our family help your family because it's me my wife my sister my brother-in-law my niece my daughter my cousin that's our company helping your company personally i want to be that derek i want to be that derek in your life i'm getting emotional now i want to be that derek you know that's my true purpose you see all the TV things you see, the books, the radio, the podcasting that you, you might see out there, that's all well and good, man. That keeps my wife happy, pays the mortgage or whatever. I don't get involved in that. My true purpose, I have to change three lives every single day, man. And if you would allow me to change yours, guys, listen at home, <laughs> you're doing me the favor. I'm not doing you the favor. You're doing me the favor, man, because I'll be 62 in one week's time. I feel 35. I've got arms the size of Schwarzenegger. There I've just go. lost 100 pounds over the last 12 months. And I'm back in the game, guys. I'm back in the game to make a difference. Like, boom, all over the world. I want people to know who I am and what we did and why we did it when I pass away, God forbid. But I know God's going to keep me till I'm 100 and I'll still be sat in front of this computer doing what I do. Yes, oh, Put it out there. There you go. There you go. Put it out there. Amen. Listen. Yo, Dr. Rob, I love your energy, man. And we are going to keep in contact. And you're my you're my new go-to guy for everything, everything and anything addiction related. So if I do stumble upon a person that suffer suffer from addiction, you're you're gonna be the first person in my contact. So I'm I'm just giving you that heads up right now. Oh man, thank right. you so much, man. Thank you. So if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to connect with you, like where can they go to find you? So for those people that are uh, listening, not watching, I spell my name with two Bs, R-O-B-B-K-E-L-O-Y.com is the website. Uh, Dr. Rob Kelly in any search engine will come up, go friend us, like us, Facebook us. Just from this show, I only carry a certain amount. I think I'm at 4,900 or something. If, you, if you're watching the show now, go friend me because I'll tell you why. We often give stuff away. We give cars away. We give money away. We, we, you know, we'll send you on a mini vacation somewhere. You know, we hold these little tiny raffles that we do. And uh, I will definitely friend you if you send me a message, say, hey, how may I serve you? I was watching that show today. It was amazing. I saw you on that. I'm going to friend you and you can become part of our family. Awesome. Awesome. So, Dr. Kelly, um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on this episode of the how may i serve you podcast you know um i feel 
rejuvenated. This conversation just rejuvenated me. Um, thank you for that. And I also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for letting us their ears and their eyeballs. And I have one last question for you before you leave. And that is, how may I serve you, Dr. Rob Kelly? Man, I was just going to come to that, man. I've done my research on you. <laughs> you know, and listen, this can be a lonely journey. We both know that. But I want to thank you, man, for the work you do, man. I want to thank you. My heart. I mean, when, when I knew it was you that was speaking to you today, and I got five, six patients before you. I've come on now. You was looking forward to this, man, and you did not disappoint. So thank you for helping people. Thank you for changing, changing lives, man. And thank you for being you. If you don't think we're not going to be BFFs in the next couple of days, you are mistaken, <laughs> my friend. There we go. Bring it on. <laughs> awesome. Um, of course, I'm glad that we're here having this great episode. So everyone that is watching this episode and listen to this episode, please feel free to reach out to Dr. Rob. Reach out to him. Hit him up on all the social media platforms. Send your friend his way. He's a, he's a very incredible person. Again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone else that will benefit. And make sure to tune in for the next week's episode. Take care, be blessed, and cheers. We out.